Welcome to a Healthy Push podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventure mom and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. Hey, today's podcast episode is such a good one. I have Maria, a guest with me, and she's actually one of my Panic to Peace students. And I just have to start, Maria, by saying I am so incredibly proud of you, like not just for the work that you've done, but for your willingness to come on and be vulnerable and talk about something that like nobody wants to talk about, but people have to talk about for so many reasons. So we're going to be talking about toilet anxiety, driving anxiety, like all of it mixed together. So I just want you to give an introduction. Like I know a bit about you, but for those listening, tell us a little bit about you. Um, okay. Well, I'm gonna, so I want to go way back, way, but I'm going to start with the current situation. So I'm 33 years old. I moved to Chicago to the suburbs when I was five from Poland. Um, I am a mom of three and I work full time and I work from home for the last three years. And as everybody's dream to be at home because you don't have to drive, especially with anxiety, it's like the number one thing you want to do is be home as often as possible. And to be honest, it kind of made it 10 times worse. It amplified my anxiety. It made me more incapable and more homeridden. And it was the worst wish ever. And it came true, but it was the worst. And I was also pregnant when I went home. So it was like mm-hmm. I was stuck and pregnant and just COVID. And you had that fear alone with additional to my anxiety. Um, it was It was just overload. Like mentally, I was just drained with what was going on. And even though I'm, or before I had kids, um, I always had anxiety too. I've had it since I was little. So when I mentioned I came here when I was five, I had a big language barrier and I never felt like I was good enough or, you know, measured up to my peers who spoke well in English and who were really, you know, all put to me, they look put together. And here I am this immigrant, (laughs) you know, who I'm missing out on life. And I felt always not good enough. And with my culture being Polish, it's always about, you know, like we came here for land of opportunity. You came here to be the best, to find a good job, to be educated, to like, you have to take advantage of your opportunity. So God forbid you come here and you don't do what you're supposed to do. You're a failure. Mm -hmm. So my whole life, it was about, you know, being on time, going to school, doing your work, being basically as successful and better than your peers as possible. And as a child, to me, that was traumatizing (laughs) because I never felt good enough. And it just kept layering and layering. Um, and when I think back, I, it never stopped me from doing things. I would do things with my friends and travel and do things, but I did struggle doing it and no one ever knew around me. Um, like even my husband now, when I tell him the story, cause we've been together for 16 years and I'm like, you never noticed in high school, like we would go on dates and do things. And he never knew I had the toilet anxiety, which is crazy to me that in my mind, I'm like, Oh no, he knows, he knows. Um, and you know, and it's the worst, but somehow I did it. And now I think back, I'm like, Oh my goodness. So before I had kids, I was always told, have a baby. It's going to change your, you're going to feel better because you're going to be distracted. You're not going to think about yourself. And I'm like, why would anyone tell anyone that? Um, so I did. I was, We were ready to have a baby and we were trying. And before I had the baby, though, I felt the need to like fix myself. I felt like, you know what? I have this anxiety. I don't love myself. I can't love someone else and have a baby right now. So I dedicated a full year to saying, you know, of course, giving myself a deadline. By next June, I'm going to be healed and cured. 
the silliest thing now that I think back, but I did CBT therapy. And, and in the moment, it felt like I was cured because it was coping mechanisms and things to do in the moment. Like, hey, if you have to drive and you know you're passing that store every day, just stop there anyway. Like I literally was doing, making it worse. But at the same time, my brain, I thought I'm making it better. I'm stopping. I'm, you know, as long as I'm going to the bathroom, then I feel better. Um, so for that whole year, I felt I was cured and I got pregnant. I had the baby. And now he's four. I have a boy. And he um, definitely made my life felt more worthwhile in a way. Like it fulfilled me in other ways, but I still wasn't happy. Like I thought having the baby and having the life I wanted, we have, you know, we got married, we have a house, we had a baby, we had dogs, like every dream that I had as a, a kid. I didn't feel fulfilled. I wasn't happy. I was still pretty depressed about it. And my parents, again, had no idea either. No one in my life had any idea I was going through this. So when I told my parents that I'm depressed and like, I feel like I don't want to be here, their eyes were like, what? Like, this is unacceptable. It wasn't more so like, oh, no, we have to help you. It's more like you can't you can't feel that way. That's the impression I got. And I was like, oh, no. So I felt even more sad. And then I told them I'm going to therapy because they didn't know I was doing that. They were kind of like relieved, but they had that fear that one day I'm just not going to be here. Like I would do something to myself. Like they were all, as soon as I told them that no one wanted to leave me alone. Like everyone was calling me all the time. I was like, oh my God, they're literally scared for my life, which there were moments I was scared for my life because I was so sad because I'm like, how can I live like this? I'm not even 30 yet. And I am not enjoying my life. I can't even go to a freaking you know Hobby Lobby and enjoy walking around because I'm thinking of the toilet. Like, I'm like, I'm young. What am I doing? And there was nothing. I would reach out everywhere. You know, Instagram came around. So I started looking for people there on Facebook, but it's, it's an embarrassing topic. Who wants to type in, you know, struggling with toilets, I reach out, you know, so it wasn't easy. And I've always tried to find different therapists and different things. And then when I had my daughter two years later at 2020, when COVID started and I was at home, I found out she had multiple heart conditions when I was pregnant and it made my mind. I was so busy thinking about her. I honestly forgot I had my anxiety. And for that minute of six months waiting for her to be born, I almost got a chance, a taste of not having anxiety because I wasn't thinking about myself. Like, oh, this is what they meant (laughs) about not thinking about yourself. But it was true. I wasn't thinking about myself, but not in a good way. But once she was born, the anxiety even heightened because now I was worried for her life. You know, we were in and out of the hospital at home. She had multiple surgeries. Like it was a disaster. And then she passed away and my anxiety like was rooftop. Like I can't even explain in addition to my anxiety, the depression I felt. So I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm at the literally at the bottom. And that's when my family got even more concerned because they're like, you're working from home. You're stuck in this room all day. You're thinking about her. You already have anxiety as it is. And I was like, and I was convinced I'm like, this is the end. Like when I started looking for a new therapist, I was so desperate. They like, you know, them didn't have a lot of appointments coming up. And I was just like, I'll take anybody at this point because I was at the point at the end of the stick where I felt like either I get help now or I'm not going to be here next year. Like I was even telling my husband randomly, you know, you can always find someone else. Like you don't really need me around. Like now when I think back to the things I said to him, I was like, oh my God, I sounded like a lunatic. Um, but I truly felt that way. I felt it was better off that they were going to just move on without me. And I'm just better off not here. And to think back that I felt that way, now I'm like, wow, I've changed and grown. But otherwise, I would, when I think back before, like a couple months ago, I would be like, yeah, that's not going to feel that way sometimes. But no, I'm definitely different. Um, I would, you know, we would go on walks in the evening and I would not be able to even go to our stop sign on the corner because I was just wanted to be so close to home. I would get a stomach ache the minute I passed that stop sign. 
Um, so anyway, so finally on Instagram, I found you. Um, and it was like a breath of fresh air because I was first nervous because I was looking and you mentioned toilet anxiety. I'm like, oh, I bet you it's pee. It's not even poop stuff. And it's not going to be pain. I'm not going to relate. But then I started reading and listening. And then the reels you were posting and things like that, I was like, wow, there is potential out there. Like there is someone I can find that I can kind of like finding a date, you know? I'm like, I could find someone. <laughs> can talk to and be honest with and they can feel mutually the same and it was like finding a gold mine like I'm so glad and blessed that I found you because my life in the last couple of months has completely like a 180 like I think I my outlook on myself and my life and everyone around me is so much more grateful and just and there's still times I struggle don't get me wrong I would not say I'm recovered and I don't think I will ever be but had you asked me this six months ago I would say the only way I'll be better is when I'm recovered but I think I will truly never be recovered because we always will have these parts in us, you know, that you're going to be nervous. That's part of life. Like, otherwise you jump off a cliff. So you're always going to be scared and nervous. And that's one thing I learned from your your podcasts and, and your videos and your stuff that you've posted. Um, and I had been seeing a therapist right before I started uh, talking with you, I think for like six months. And her her topic and her way of doing it is uh, it's called family systems, I think. So it's more like learning about different parts of you. And the one thing that's helped me do is just realize that these parts aren't going anywhere. I have to take what I'm dealt with and work with it. I just feel like I wasn't progressing with her. I, I was paying her out of pocket. It was maybe at this point I was with her for almost 12 months. I calculated how much money I spent every two weeks. It was like 150 out of my pocket. I was like, oh my gosh, I could literally buy <laughs> something really great for my family. And here I am, you know, putting all this money. And I'm like, is it working? Uh, and I wasn't feeling like it was changing me. But she kept telling me, you know, it takes time. It takes time. You know, have faith. And I'm like, I know, but this is not the, the pace I'm thinking I should be at. So mm -hmm. as soon as I started listening to your stuff and then I joined the group, I felt like I was in AA meetings. Um, <laughs> but what's crazy is just those couple of sessions, the first in the beginning, something just clicked. You know, I would go to the store and I felt more um, at peace with myself. I felt more like, it's okay. You can go to the bathroom and continue shopping. It's not the end of the world. You don't have to hate yourself. You're not the worst person. Um, you know, if you have a stomachache before you leave, go ahead, go to the bathroom and just get back in the car. Before, if I'd got back to the bathroom and go in the car, I would be depressed and sad, like, oh my gosh, I did it again. Like, how many times am I going to do this? And now it's just like, I'm going to the bathroom smiling, like, it's, ah, it's whatever, I got to go, I got to go. But a couple months ago, I would not be doing that. So I definitely feel like I've, I don't think recovered, but I've progressed in the right direction. And I just feel more lighthearted, I guess, and just more like, relaxed. I was so tense. And I tried so many things, you know, diets, medications, and they were like temporary relief, you know, and I was even, you know, I was gluten free for like five years because I was convinced gluten was killing me, which I had like severe headaches and stuff. There was other symptoms, but in general, I was so reliant on that diet thinking it's making my life better. When in reality, it was just like another, you know, crutch I was holding on to something to like help me get through the day. Yeah. Yeah, like temporary. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, you just went through so much and I'm so yeah, glad Yeah, I want to just lay it out. <laughs> no, yeah. And I'm so glad you shared everything that you did. I mean, you really like hit on this, you know, that a turning point for you was changing this relationship with yourself. And this is so much what I, of what I talk about and what I teach is, you know, you want to go at the fears, the thoughts, the symptoms, you want to get rid of it, you want to fix it. And it's like when you really take a step back and you start responding differently to yourself and you start, you know, approaching yourself with more self-compassion and you change the dialogue and the stories, like things really start to open up and yeah. shift. But I want to take uh, like 20 steps back because I'm like so glad now that this is the place that you're at. Like you said, you're still working through some things. But 
I want people to really be able to connect with like how bad this is if they're currently in that place that you were in and that I was once in because I think, you know, before we jumped on, we were talking about you really think that you're alone and that there is no way, like when you came across my Instagram, you're like, oh, she's going to talk about worrying about peeing her pants because this thing, right? This, oh my God, I have this fear of pooping my pants everywhere I go and I've got to be the only one and there's nobody and I'm crazy and this is not something that I'm ever going to be able to move past. So like, can we actually talk about, because I know living with it is the worst and I think with everyone who has whatever fear it is, right? You feel like it's the worst and it couldn't be any worse. But for me, toilet anxiety was, it was on the list of top three worst things. Like it got to a point where I could handle panic attacks, but I didn't want this fear of pooping my pants. Like, (laughs) please get rid of it. Mm -hmm. So like, let's talk about what it actually looks like. Cause I think the thoughts that the behaviors, like all that stuff is the stuff that people try to hide and the stuff that people don't talk about. So like, what did that stuff look like? Man. So the minute I decide I'm I'm doing something, like I could be totally relaxed at home, you know, have a good meal, sit at home all day and feel calm as a cucumber and everything's great. And then I, someone says, Hey, let's go to the store or Hey, let's go to to the movies or wherever we are going somewhere automatically. And it was so automatic that it wasn't something I was intentionally doing. There was times I was even convinced to tell myself, like trying to disconnect, but it's, it's so hard. You can't disconnect the brain and the stomach. Like it's so deeply connected. And, yes. and I'll, automatically I would get these like butterflies, a stomach ache, and I would use the bathroom. And I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like how crazy is this that it gives me a bowel movement? <laughs> like it was insane. So there was times where if I, when I worked from home, I didn't go anywhere for three, four days. I didn't go to the bathroom for three, four days because I felt calm. My intestines were great. Everything was great. The minute we had to go somewhere, I'd have to go to the bathroom. And then I'd have a real stomach ache and then I would be convinced it's not over. I have to keep going and keep going. And there was times I became this habit and it became a ritual that when I'm leaving the house, I have to do it three, four times. Like if I just go once, it's not enough. What if I wake up two hours early? Um, What if I drink something warm? You know, what if I don't eat in the morning and then eat at noon, but I take something really small, (laughs) you know, like whatever it is to make my stomach feel better. And I was just constantly telling myself, this is going to make it better. And it wouldn't like, I would literally just have to go. And when it was at my worst, I would drive with, you know, an extra set of clothes with, you know, a towel, a bag, like, I'm like, this is crazy. And and, and what my therapist used to always say is like, well, was there ever a moment you actually used your emergency kit? <laughs> and I was like, yes, there was a moment I've actually used my emergency kit. And that's why I carry the emergency kit. Yeah. Because I've had a situation where I literally had to pull over and go on the side of the road. And when I think back to like doing that, well, mind you, when it happened, it was like the most traumatizing thing ever because every time I passed near there or in an area where I knew there was no restrooms, I would have to map it out, make sure I'm around, you know, gas stations. And that's where I became kind of, in my mind, to the point where I felt like there was no turning back because I literally would have to plan my drive every time I'm leaving somewhere. I'd have to leave extra 30, 40 minutes to get to work on time, which I still never got on time to work, pulling over and then having this emergency kit. And like, kind of, I felt like I was like living alone in this real world where like hiding something, which I was hiding it. I wasn't trying to make sure people see me from the street or wherever. And when I stopped, it was funny because I used to drive like 40 minutes to this really, I would call it a deserted area because there was nothing there. And I had to, I had to go so bad one time. I was like, I'm not going to make it. I have 30 more minutes. There's no bathroom until I get there. Like I have to go. And I convinced myself I will go. I'm not going to. So I had to literally go on the side of the road. Luckily it was like a forest preserve type area. So like whatever, no one saw me. I got back in my car and I was like, so 
ashamed of myself and felt so like an animal. I felt like an animal. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going in a while. <laughs> like, it's just so crazy. And I felt so guilty. And that made it sometimes worse. So like the next day I drove again in the same area. I already was feeling the anxiety before I left the house because I already knew what was waiting for me. And it made it like so much more worse. So then I started carrying extra stuff with me. And then what's crazy is my daughter was sick. We were going to a cardiologist, my husband, and I told him, I was like, I can't do this. I can't leave. Like, I feel anxious. I'm not leaving the house. He's like, we have to go to this appointment. I was like, I I cannot do this. Like, I'm I'm not going to make it. We're going through that area where there's no bathrooms and there's this really long bridge and a lot of traffic. And it was high traffic time in the moment. I was like, you have to go alone. He's like, I'm not going with her alone. So I went with him and we got to the bridge and I literally had to go so bad. It's because I anticipated it. And what's crazy is I looked back at it later that day and I had perfectly no stomach ache, no pain, no distress, no anxiety till we got like a block away from that bridge. And I saw all the red lights and automatically I'm like, you have to turn around. We're going to be late. We're going to have to reschedule. He's like, this is an important appointment. We can't reschedule. So literally this is the first time ever that we pulled over, went to the side of the road, and I went to the bathroom in front of my husband, like on the side of the road. And I'm like, this is the second time I've done this in my life, once by myself, once with a, basically to me, it's like a stranger because I've never witnessed that. And he's like, oh my, he was laughing so hard. I was like, stop laughing at me. This is embarrassing. And that made it worse. And, but what's crazy is after that scenario, for some reason, I felt like someone saw me. So it felt not as bad anymore. So it kind of was like a help in the skies because then I started driving without anything. I started driving more in the same area and not feeling as much pressure because I knew like, Hey, worst case scenario, like you have to go, you have to go. Like you might get a ticket for it. It might be embarrassing, but if you really have to go, like you don't live in the middle of nowhere and you are human. So if you have to go even in your car and you really truly can't make it, like who cares? Go. And if you had told me that a year ago or two years ago when it happened, I'd be like, you're crazy. This is not, this is not acceptable. You can't do that. You're an adult, you know, but no. And, now I think back, I'm like, I don't care. It is what it is. I'll go yeah. anywhere I want to. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you talked about the shame because I think that is like one of the biggest driving forces of the anxiety is there's so much shame surrounding this yeah. fear. And I remember like, you know, it wasn't the same instance for me, but when I shared this fear with my husband, because it was something that I also like, nope, nobody's knowing about this. I'm hiding it. And I remember sharing it with him and he, his response was just like, are you kidding me? Like I've, I've pooped my pants in the car before. And I was just like, what? And I was like, I cannot believe you just told me that. And like you have, and it was just like, I remember same as you, right? It gives you this freedom, this release of like, oh my gosh, maybe I can be seen for this. And it's not that big of a deal. And I don't need to keep carrying the shame around with me. Cause I think the more you do, right. The bigger the thoughts, the fears, the anxiety gets. So. Yeah. And then I would start telling people, I would tell, like, I randomly told my coworkers, not the scenarios, but I told my coworkers, random people that I trusted, like, Hey, I have, I have some anxiety, like it's toilet driven. Like I I get nervous to the bathroom. And in the beginning, there were some people that would made it worse because they would be like almost making me feel more incapable. Like, Oh, it stopped. You have to go like asking me constantly. And I'm like, you're making it worse because you're bringing it up. Like if I have to, I'll go. Um, but then there were some people who gave me their own scenarios. Like, Hey, like I went to the bathroom at work and got it on my pants. I had to like change my pants, go home. And I'm like, Oh my God. So like, you don't feel alone anymore once you start sharing it. And now I don't feel ashamed anymore about it. So now sharing it, it's kind of just funny, but it's more like, it still feels like a relief every time I still share it because it feels like you're not alone. And and that's the, the that's, a, that was my biggest hurdle, I think is feeling alone. And that's why I felt so depressed. And I felt like I didn't want to exist because I felt like 
no one's going to understand me. Everyone thinks this is a joke. They think it's silly. Like when I told some people that were like more older people, like my parents or anybody that was older was more like, there's people out there dying of cancer. What's a big deal? You got to poop, poop your pants. I'm like, yeah, but for me, this is cancer. Like for me, this is yeah. my big hurdle. And for me, this is what's going, this was what could kill me. Like just as much as cancer can kill them. Like this is what's driving me insane. And my brain, my mental health is just as bad as someone else's, you know, cancer. Like I, people die from mental health. So it's really important. So I would explain that to them. And like, they're just like, what? Like, it's very old school mentality of like, you're fine, just get it together. And that's kind of what was said to me my whole life. No one ever considered like, maybe she needs someone to talk to about this. Um, I don't know. And that's kind of where it made me so much worse. So finding someone I can relate to and talking about it more and more and more made it a lot easier. And then you feel like, who cares? I think what made it worse is like, there's social media and there's all this thing about being perfect and looking perfect and living the perfect, you know, way. And then it makes you feel more off tune if you do something silly or not normal. Like that's not considered normal, but what is normal? You know, why is that so bad? I'm sure there's lots of people who've pulled over or went in their car and no one talks about it. Um, You don't feel so alone anymore, you know? And I think that what's made my, I think my little bit of, I would say not curing, but it's made me get to another level is just feeling heard and, understanding it a little better and just being nicer to myself. I think yeah. that was tremendously my biggest step is just being like a little bit more lighthearted with myself, not taking myself too seriously. Like you have one life, you got to take advantage of it, you know, and, and that made it more like, okay, I could do this. It makes it more, it makes it a lot easier, I think for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, there's still moments I struggle, but you know, I will it back a little bit. Oh yeah. I mean, let's we we'll talk about that next cuz I think that's the part where you know, you move through this and you're like, am I ever going to get to the point where I just don't have these thoughts, these feelings anymore where I'm not constantly worried about this mm-hmm. and it seems like it's not possible. It really truly seems like I'm always going to have these thoughts and I'm yeah. always going to have these fears and you know, looking back, I mean, you know, I recovered almost 7 years ago and to think of how powerful this one fear was, that same, I felt like I can't, I literally can't do this anymore. Like I cannot get in my car one more freaking time and have these thoughts and have these fears and be so just, I mean, it takes over every aspect of your life. Um, yeah, it's just like I totally made myself lose my own train of thought because you get, you really, it's, it's, it's so to explain it to people, right? Yeah. Like you were saying, people will think that's not that big of a deal, but for you, it is the you biggest. You live and breathe it. It's, it's your everyday thought. You wake exactly. up in the morning and you already have anxiety and you're like, why? Right. Right. <laughs> why am I already tense about the day? Like I already would plan. Like if I knew on Monday, Tuesday, I'm like, okay, I have to go to an appointment or do whatever. Then my whole weekend was about eating very gentle foods mm-hmm. and watching what I'm drinking. And God forbid that night before I don't eat after 6 p.m. because I can't, you know, wake up in the morning with a stomach. And I would still wake up with a stomach. So no matter what right. I did to avoid it, it still happened. But one thing that you said that made me think of this was it's funny when I think back that when I I was in that point where I was like, I'm at the end of the stick. I would think to myself, I can't leave the house anymore. Like I'm not leaving. Like the challenge was so hard to accept. And now when I think about my day to day, it's like almost the opposite because now I want to leave and challenge myself. So it's kind of crazy that my mind went so left and right in the year. Like my mental state is like, it's crazy to think that I feel so like excited to leave. <laughs> like I plan things. Like I, I know I was telling you earlier that I had booked, you know, like a, um, a game downtown with my husband and then a comedy show for him for his birthday last year. And I 
like, who am I? Why did I do this to myself? <laughs> and I still struggled going there because I definitely had anxiety when we were leaving and stuff. But, and I even ate at lunch that day and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm taking a risk. Like I, as I was eating, I'm like, this is going to be bad. And I was already thinking it's going to be bad. And my brain was giving me those, you know, memories. And the worst part is it brings all those bad memories, like the pulling over and having mm-hmm. to go to the bathroom and finding a bathroom that it's like, it felt like, oh no, this is a bad idea. Why did I do this to myself? And I did it. And then I do it again. I came home and like a couple I booked something else in the city. I was like, who am I right now? Why am I doing this to myself? But then it feels more exciting and it feels like I'm, you know, living my life a little bit. I'm doing something I'm not comfortable doing and it makes it more exciting and it makes me feel like I'm doing something more fulfilling. Mind you that the event and whatever I'm doing might not be the most fulfilling event, but just the idea of leaving and going. But couple months ago, I, when I was telling you that I felt like my husband needs to replace me, or even this was last year at this point, but I was telling him, I said, you want to explore your life and live your life. And I'm holding you back because you're constantly Mm -hmm. doing things with me to my comfort zone, which is very minimal. Like we're staying home a lot more. We're not going out places. And I feel like I'm holding your life back. And I felt more guilty even more because I felt like I'm holding someone else's life in pause while mine, I'm struggling with mine. So that was the biggest reason also I wanted to, you know, not be around. I'm like, I don't need to be here. Like you need to go just go find someone else that can make your life easier, go on trips, do things. Um, and I think that made it also, um, more reason to, to work on myself and get there because he's like, I don't need you to do it for me, but I want you to do it for you. Like you should want to go there. Don't book things because you want to make me happy. Do it because you truly want to go to that game or you want to go see this. Um, which is funny because now I do do it for myself. I look forward to things. Like I'm booking my sister's 40th birthday, you know, um, in Dominican and my mom in May. And I was like, I don't know if I'd want to do that <laughs> in a couple months ago. So there's things I'm doing that I'm just like, you know, I, and I mind you, I've been on trips and things during anxiety, but I'd have like Xanax and Xanax in my pocket. You know, I'd have like plan B's and C's and things, doing things differently or not carpooling with people or making sure we're not far from an airport and not doing too many things out of my comfort zone. And I feel like that's always helped me back a little bit, but I never let it stop me from living my life, which is one thing that I'm grateful for is with my anxiety, I still continued to live. It's just, it was very slow. <laughs> like I, and, and no one even noticed, like I even spoke to my best friend about this last year. And I said, did you notice I never wanted to like carpool with you guys? If we met you up somewhere, I was always meeting you somewhere. And she's like, I never thought of it deeply as to why I just assumed it was more convenient for you guys to meet us places. Um, so no one noticed ever. I've known her for 10 years and she never knew. Um, so it's crazy to think how, how much we've hit it and how no one knows what we're going through, which now goes to show, you know, people who commit suicide or, you know, end their life because of their mental health, like they look happy because I look happy. I never looked sad ever. So when people knew that I was a little bit like sad or, you know, was depressed about this toilet anxiety in their eyes, they're like, wow, I would have never thought that. Like you're always smiling and you're happy and you go places, you do things with no toilet. Um, but, you know, and a lot of people make jokes about it. When I told people, they're like, just put on a diaper, you know, or like, or just, you'll make it work, just figure it out. And that was very minimalized for sure when you would share with people, which made it harder to share with people. Yeah. But I mean, I, I it's so important, right, though, what you're speaking to right now to be vulnerable and to share yeah. because – the more you hide it, right, obviously the harder it makes things for you, but then you don't get the support that you need. You don't get that connection that 
that stuff that's actually going to help you move through it. So I remember, you know, when we started this round of Panic to Peace and I was so excited because you were like hugely talking about toilet anxiety and you were just like very like up front and letting it all out. I was hoping there would be a lot more people with it. So I'm like, if I share it, maybe other people will start raising their hands. But that's exactly what happened. It was just so cool when you popped into the first couple of sessions and you were talking about it. By the, you know, I don't know, fourth, fifth session, it was like I could name a handful of people in the group that were struggling with toilet anxiety. And some people just weren't as comfortable, right? They're not there yet. They weren't there yet and talking about it. But then I could see you slowly gave people some freedom to start talking about it. And we had more conversations about toilet anxiety and like the actual stuff and just the amount that people are able to release and let go of the power that it's holding over them just to be able to talk about it for once and let go and like just poke fun at themselves too. Like, you know, I, I know people in the group would be like, this is going to be TMI. And I'm like, don't care. Like, I don't care. It won't phase me. Like nothing will phase me. And it's going to be so good for you to talk about. So yeah, just that aspect. Like I've loved having you in this round because you were just so open with it. And I think it not only helps you, but it helps so many other people too. And obviously this conversation is going to help so many people. And it's just, I was thinking while you were talking, I remember we had like our second or third, it was probably our second session and I was like, all right, guys, like we need to delve into what are your safety behaviors? What are the, you know, your actions, behaviors that are contributing? And you were like, Shannon, I can't think of any. And I was just like, Maria, come on. And it was, it's just so funny because when you're so in it, you're on autopilot. You've just, you've just yeah. been doing these things. Like, yeah, it's, it's true. Like, so you don't even realize you do it. Right. And then when you can actually slow down and start to recognize, oh, I do have like a list of things that I do and maybe if I stop doing so many of these things or, you know, practice resisting and then stopping might give me some freedom. And that's obviously something that you've been able to see. Like it does actually do that. Like (laughs) maybe I don't need. it's funny because I'm at the point now sometimes where I'll not do those things anymore. And I'll realize when I'm already like halfway through something like, oh no, I didn't do that. Like I didn't check my Google maps for traffic and now there might be traffic. And I'm like, Hey, it's all right. Like, yeah. And then that's kind of where I do a little bit of distract. Like I try to figure out what works and what doesn't spend a little bit of distraction. Like for example, like I'm at the store and and I get in line and there's a long line. I'm with my son and I'm like, oh no, because I'm with him. And I I would never want to go anywhere alone with him because you don't want to have to take a child with you to the bathroom running around because he's already big enough where he wants to walk. So it's slow. And when you have to go to the bathroom with toilet anxiety, anyone who has it knows it's like urgent. And when people would always tell me, like when I started listening to your stuff and I wasn't talking to you, but just reading things, it seemed like, oh yeah, you can just, you know, try to, you know, it's not gonna, you can keep going. And I'm like, no, I can't keep going once it hits and I have to go. Like, I can't be like, you know what? I can hold this till I get there. Like there's no, way to hold it like it feels like it has to happen now so when I was I would never want to take him anywhere or do anything with my kids because I would always say like they're hindering me like it's making it harder to just escape like if I have to pull over then I gotta unstrap him take him with me carry him in I can't leave him in the car and it made it so much harder so when he was a baby and he was in the car seat I would just tell myself I can just take the car seat real quick and run in with him and I did do that a few times like I became such a habit mm-hmm. um, my sister loves 15 minutes away from me and there's multiple stores and places to stop on the way there which would you would think would give me a little bit of relief but it became such a habit of stopping that sometimes I would stop even twice before I got to her house and not even have to go just getting out of the car and stopping and just to check it off my list made it and it became such a habit that it's it's when I think back I'm like oh my gosh how much time I wasted 
And then when he got bigger and he was already regularly the chef and wanted to walk everywhere, I would avoid taking him completely because I didn't want to have him to walk and it's slow and you're slowing me down. And, and then when he got a little bigger, now that he's four and now he understands mommy's going to the bathroom or stopping, I started having more anxiety because I kept thinking, now he knows what I'm doing and he's learning my habits and he's going to be doing what I'm doing. And he's going to tell people, mommy stopped to go to the bathroom on the way here at the store. Like <laughs> he now can repeat things and say things he sees. So I became more anxious because I was more concerned now about image and people hearing it and seeing it and then him learning these habits. So I had more pressure. Um, but now I like, I went to the store with him a couple of days ago and we had a cart full of stuff and he's sitting with me and I were in this long line and it didn't hit me until I already had everything on like the, um, the, what's it called? Everything already put out on the belt. Oh, yeah. And it hit me. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like I haven't even thought of this yet. Maybe I do have to go. And then I got a stomach ache while in line. And I thought to myself, this is so crazy. I made it happen. And then it made me reality check in my mind. It was like, well, clearly you just thought of it. And it, it, ironically, now you have a stomach ache. You didn't have a stomach ache this whole hour you were here. Like what are the odds you thought of it and now you have a stomach ache. And that reality check, that moment made me realize that I don't really have to go. It's just the feeling. And that was the only time I was able to say to myself, I don't have to go. And I really, truly didn't go. I just kept, we walked out, we went, we left, we went home and I, and I didn't go all day. So that feeling that felt like I had to go so, so bad that I can't hold it anymore. Somehow I lasted another six hours without needing to go. Right. But there are moments for sure where you do have to go. But in that moment, for some reason, and those are the things I'm still trying to figure out and work on because I feel like I'm always going to be working on it is figuring out when is truly a moment I have to go and when is it because I'm anxious. And I think that was what I struggled with a lot too because I would have to think like, does my stomach really hurt because of something I ate? Because we're human. Our stomachs are going to hurt. You're going to feel nauseous or sick sometimes based on what you eat. But then for me, it was hard to decipher which is which. Is it because I'm leaving? Is it because I'm you know, going somewhere? Um, and uh, that kind of gotten a lot better. Like now I just you know, don't feel bad. I'll eat an ice cream at like 9 p.m. and have to go to an appointment at 7 a.m. And I'll do it. Like I'll just kind of right. challenge myself. I'm going to eat that intentionally because really I want to see what happens at 7. <laughs> um, so now I'm like more playing the game a little bit and it gets a little bit more exciting. Um, and it's funny because I've heard people say that. And when I was still kind of in a bad moment, I'd be like, you guys are crazy. Right. Like, you're going to be playing with yourself? Like, what's wrong with you? And right. now I'm more, you know, open to it. Like, I woke up yesterday morning and I had, like, an earache. I didn't feel so good. And I'm like, I should go to urgent care before the holidays just to make sure I don't have COVID or anything else because people were coming over. But I had eaten a whole bowl of pasta the night before. And I didn't realize this until I got ready in the morning, checked in at urgent care, started driving there. And I was driving. And I'm like, oh, no, I eat that spaghetti and before bed I was like my stomach kind of might maybe I'll have a stomach ache and I put it in my head already that I'm gonna have this yeah and that's when I realized oh that's that's an old habit and I really truly realized for a moment that's an old habit this is you don't do this anymore like what are you doing and as soon as I got there and got distracted started filling out my forms and stuff it just went away and now I realize what I used to do to myself and make it worse and worse and worse by doing those habits so it's honestly habits you know, it's that's so much. Yeah. And it's, it's such, so much it's habits and like just slowing down, right? Because you say, yeah. you know, you said before, I don't know the difference. Like, do I actually really have to go to the bathroom or is this just like, you know, me thinking about it? And, and if you really let yourself just slow down, you can sort of have this moment of pause and okay, let me just feel it. Let me just like feel mm-hmm. what's happening right now. And then let me just try get, getting back to what I was doing. And okay, if I, if I, if it like hits me and I have to go to the bathroom, okay, I'll go to the bathroom. But like, 
if not, oftentimes you give yourself that pause and your brain more quickly gets back yeah. into the moment. Like I, I shared this in the group and I don't know if you were on, but it was funny. Probably like a couple of weeks ago, I was in the store with my daughter. So while you're telling this story, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have to share this. So I was in the store with my daughter and she's four, also four. And we were in the self-checkout line and there was a good line of people and it hit me like my stomach. I had like wicked bad stomach cramps. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go to the bathroom. And it was just so funny. Like I reactionary, you know, I looked at her and I was like, Amelia, mommy has to go to the bathroom. Like, and she doesn't understand. Of course. She's like, what? Like she was like, mama, we're almost there. Like it's almost our turn. And I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. So I'm like dragging her to the bathroom you know, the sign outside of the bathroom is like no merchandise inside the bathroom. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I have this stuff in my hands. So I go into the bathroom with my daughter. I'm like, Amelia, can you hold stuff? So she's like holding stuff. I'm going to the bathroom. And, you know, I left there and in the car on the way home, I was just thinking, holy shit. (laughs) Like if that were you, you know, five, six years ago, you would have been freaking out. That would have been a panic attack. That would have been Oh my you God. Felt so ashamed of yourself. Yeah. So ashamed. And it was just like, it's just so crazy because you really do think and you're convinced. Like, and I've heard you say it a couple of times. And I'm like, Mm-mm, Maria, you're going to get to this point where you're not thinking about this stuff anymore. It's just really hard to believe because these habits have been with you for so long. Yeah. But you will get to the point where this stuff doesn't pop up and you just do the things and you live your life and like, Maybe you have stomach cramps and you just go to the bathroom and there's not all these stories and these thoughts and fears and the shame. Like it just, it isn't there anymore. And you're just letting yourself be human. It's so yeah. beautiful. When I that think that's the big difference too, is before I would tell myself I'm going to have a stomach ache, I would anticipate it before I got there and I would plan it. So then I, right. when I got to whatever store I got to, I always have to use the bathroom. Like it became such a natural thing mm-hmm. that every time I got there, first I got to the bathroom stop, I like became a routine and now when I go to the same store, it's funny because I was like, I should change stores to make it more, like a more <laughs> brand new start. But I'm like, no, I have to keep going there. So now when I go there, like, I don't feel like I need to. Like, I just not, I always tell myself, can't I just have the feeling of having to go just because I have to go? Why does it have to be because I'm in line or the pressure's on, there's a long line, a long wait, you know? And, and before I'd get in line, if someone had to pay with like a check or cash and they're like struggling or they couldn't find the price, I would literally be like fuming inside right. and being like, oh my gosh, I'm getting out of this line. I'm leaving. I'm going home. I'm le- I will even leave a shopping cart before and just go home because I'm like, I'm not doing this. Um, and now I get in line and I sometimes will have that moment of remembering it. Like, oh no, like this is a long line. And then somehow I just subsides like I acknowledge it I know okay you know you're feeling kind of anxious it's not feeling great but as soon as you check out you can go do whatever you want so just relax and breathe and, and it's going to get through it and somehow I get through it and it's fine and then I don't go for again whole day I'm fine right, I go home right. and I realize and then it makes me it makes it I feel like it helps the healing process because it makes me realize and I have the connections happening in my brain of okay you just totally made that happen yourself. Like that stomach ache was not real. Like you created the feeling, which I used to always think when people tell me they had anxiety, they would have like the sweaty hands. They would feel like nauseous and like dizzy or, you know, and I'm like, Oh, I wish I had those symptoms. I wouldn't want to poop. I'd rather just faint, you know, if I could just pass out or, you know, I would be having a fear of like passing out or, you know, being sweaty or having a heart attack. Like those sounded so great to me because poop sounded horrible. Like who wants to poop their pants and people to smell it and see it. Like that to me felt like, Oh my, I'd rather be vomiting. Like I would have taken anything over what I had. Yeah. But now when I talk to people and they explain to me their feelings and sensations and I'm like, that sounds horrible because now I feel like relief from mine. Yeah. Listening to the other ones seems so horrible. 
Um, But before those were to me like heaven, I was like, that sounds great. I want those. Um, So I never understood anxiety. I never put myself in that category because I just assumed it was more digestive. And that's why I was working so hard on diet and fixing it and seeing it. I even had a colonoscopy at 23 because I was convinced there was something wrong with my intestines. I had everything under the sun done and they're like, you're fine. You're healthy. Just stop making a problem out of nothing. I was like, it's, this is real. Then finally the one doctor that I had a lot of respect for and I've known for years told me, it's in your head. And when he said that, it made me feel crazy. But at the same time, he's like, no, I'm not saying you're crazy. I'm just saying you have social anxiety. You have anxiety with, you know, being around big groups or, or just being in spaces where you don't have the freedom to leave. He's like, you have just anxiety. He's like, you need to help get some help with that. And that was the first time anyone's ever told me that. And that's when I did the CBT therapy, because he made me realize that it's not my stomach. It's not what I'm eating, because I would have it no matter what I eat. You know, yeah. so know. he made me realize yeah. that we go down all those holes, right? It's got to be something. I, same thing. Colonoscopies, EGDs, like give me all the things. There's something wrong and like you have to fix it. And I think our brains, obviously, it would be great if there were like this quote, easy fix, like give it to me. It Like let there be something wrong with me so we can just have a fix to it. And it's much harder, of course, to accept no, this is something that's going on internally and our actions and behaviors are really contributing to it. And, you know, I think a big part for you too was trauma and stress. And like you, like you said in the beginning, our mind and bodies are connected. And if you have all this stuff going on, it's going to affect your gut and vice versa. So it's kind of not this, I need to dig and figure out why and like I need to fix it. It's let me slow down. Like, let me see how I can have a healthier response to all this stuff. (laughs) And I am naturally a, a fast paced person. I speak fast. I do things fast. Like I'm not slow at all. So for someone to tell me to slow down, right. I was like, that's not, na- that's not nature for me. I can't just slow down and think like it's, I, when I, the more I think the worse I get. So yep. I, I can't have time to slow down. I need to rush, rush, rush. And I would be living in the fast lane. And I feel like lately I'm more, I don't want to say lazy, but it's more, I'm just chill and I just don't care. Like I just feel more like whatever. Like after I had my son, I was so like body image wise. I'm like, Oh, I have to get back to fitness and working out and eating healthy to lose the baby weight. And now I've had my third baby. I have a daughter again and I'm still obviously working out and taking care of myself. But I'm like, if I miss a day, I'm not so like, Oh my gosh, I missed two days of working out. It's crazy. Now I'm just like, okay, there's always another day. Like it's okay. You know, I don't, I'm not so crazy about the scale or my weight. Like it just is what it is. I'm content with myself and I feel comfortable in my skin. And it's, it's funny because when we had started, it wasn't even our sessions, but it was something I read or maybe it wasn't one of your lives, but you were saying about like using sticky notes and doing like positive affirmations and putting it on your mirror. And I was like, this chick's crazy. Like, I'm not going to put it in my mirror and read it to myself every day. Like, you're great. You're awesome. You could like, I literally thought that was insane. I was like, this isn't going to help me. How many times I have to tell myself I'm, I'm a good person for me to feel better. Um, and I never actually truly did that, but I did it in a different sense, very similarly though. But now I can understand now that I'm in a different place that that is helpful because Mm -hmm. I'm telling myself like, you're great. You're fine. Like you're, and the biggest thing is you're human. Like I always lived because I lived in a fast lane and I was such, I was such a robot that it felt like everything needs to work a certain way. And there's no room for error. You have to do this. You have to do that. Like I looked at people and would say, wow, they're making it look so easy. They're living their life. They're not pulling over. They're not going to bed. Like I would feel like oddball out, you know? And then finally, when I realized I'm human and so are they, and I would listen to other people's problems. I think that helped me with your group too, because people would start talking about their issues, like, you know, getting in a car or pulling over, going back home. And I'm like, okay, so now I'm not the only one. So the people out there struggle with this. And there was a lot of them in the group. And there's people who mentioned even, you know, not crazier, but like 
more things that were hindering. And I'm like, wow, I thought I was bad. But like, you know, that person needs help too. Like everybody in their eyes, they're the worst. So you think right. you're the worst too. So for me, I definitely felt like I was in the worst case scenario. Like when I started that that group with you, I was thinking like, oh, no one has it as bad as me. Right. <laughs> like they're, they're bad. I'm bad. But now when I listen to their stories. I'm like, wow, we're all bad. We all need something. We all need a little push. Um, that's so, what we all think, right? Like my anxiety is different. It's special. Like I'm, I'm way beyond saving and it's just like, no, none of that stuff is true. <laughs> like yeah. these are just the stories that we tell ourselves. Cause it is, it's so hard. It's so hard when you're in it. Of course, it seems yeah. like it is the worst thing imaginable. Yeah. So Maria, but- I just have to like, thank you so much. I can't, this conversation is going to be helpful to so many people and you are so vulnerable. And I think this is one of the biggest things that's helped you. And so I'm so glad that you're giving other people permission to do the same. So if somebody's really struggling with toilet anxiety right now, like what is one thing that you would really want them to hear and take away from this Mm. conversation? I would say just be easy on yourself and don't take it so seriously. Because I think that's the biggest for me, the biggest hurdle was that is that I, I felt like I was putting so much attention on myself and on that. That was, I was all I was doing literally every moment of the day was thinking about that. Like I didn't think about anything else besides the toilet and going to the bathroom and food and connecting everything together. It was all I did every day, which in the moment you feel like that's all you can do. So I understand those people who, you know, are in that boat right now because it's hard to get out of it. But I think being patient with yourself and love yourself and open to yourself and just do it for you it will happen with time. Because when I would hear, you know, stories are like, when you say, you know, I recovered seven years ago, I'm like, that's impossible. Like you must still go to the bathroom a hundred times. Like, this is crazy. (laughs) There's no way you're recovered. Like it seems impossible. And I definitely am not anywhere near there. Like when I told my husband I was doing the podcast, he's like, but you're not really recovered all the way. I was like, I'm never going to be recovered all the way, but enough where I feel like a different person for once in my life. Like I finally feel like I'm capable. Like I can do this. Like I can live my life a little better. I can do more. Like there's, this is not the end for me. Like I feel like I can, you know, I was telling him he needs to find somebody else. I'm like, I can find somebody else and go on dates all over again. (laughs) I was like, this is great. You know, because he would always say that he's like, you, you know, I know you're never going to go anywhere. Um, But now I feel more just like open and and free. And I feel like that's one thing that I wish I heard more from people is instead of telling me like, it's fine. You're overdoing it. You're overreacting. You know, I wish someone would tell me like, you're, it's a valid point. You have a problem. It's a valid concern. It's okay. Like you can do this. Like there's more motivation and more love for yourself is something I think everyone needs to hear and, and not know. And also to know they're not alone and people have dealt with this. Like we've been through this, like it's, it's part of our journey, but I feel like that's changed me, made me a different person. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm kind of almost grateful for having that issue because I feel like it's helped me grow in other ways, you know? It's so crazy. It's so crazy that that's the last thing. But I still have that little fear too, that it's going to come back. Like, I think everyone has that fear when they get to a good spot. Like, oh my gosh, what if one day I wake up and I'm reliving it again? Of course. Our brains have a really hard time in accepting peace and joy and like the good stuff. And that's, that's part of being human, right? Like let yourself be human. That's okay. Um, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited for you to continue to do more living and challenging yourself. And like, it's just amazing the stuff that you're doing. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your insights and just your amazingness with the community that 
that is well, happy part. I appreciate you having me and, and don't stop sharing your stuff on Instagram because it's life-changing. Like it, it, it made me try something different. I dropped my therapist completely because I'm like, if I'm going to start something new, I'm starting it new. And I get, told her, I was like, I'm taking a break. I'll be back if I need to be. But it was like just a couple sessions alone after I spent so many sessions with her. I was like, this is crazy because it's honestly just self-care and love. Like that's all that made me feel so much better <sighs> about the situation, you know? So yeah. So good. All right. I, I think ultimately the biggest thing was the group. So I'd highly recommend whoever's struggling to do the group because like I said before, it feels like an AA meeting because it feels like everyone <laughs> is somewhere with their problem. But I think hearing other people's problems and their situations and how they're dealing with it and then slowly seeing them progress along with you, it just makes you feel like you're not alone. You have this group and you could, when you're chatting or posting, you know, IMs and everyone's agreeing with you or they know your story it just makes you feel so like that alone. Like I was telling you earlier that I'm not a big person on the homework. I wasn't following all of the stuff and writing things down. I still didn't finish it. And I still feel guilty about it because I want to go back and do it. <laughs> but I told myself, you know what, if it's helped you this way, it's meant to be the way that way is for you. But I think um, that group alone, it was so helpful. Like I think people need to be in a more of a group setting to not feel yeah. alone. Yeah. And that was the biggest hurdle. I feel just not being alone alone, that alone, I feel like, has will help you with your progress. Yeah, so true. Yeah. It's really life changing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Maria. I appreciate no, you. you coming on so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at a healthy push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.